What The Man podcast. My name is Maria Newman and I will be your host. Every mum to being knows that as soon as she becomes a mum, her world will change forever. Everyone is keen to give you advice based on their own experiences. Other mums delight in sharing their horror stories so that new mums are better prepared for what might happen. The lack of sleep, feeling exhausted most of the time, living in bodies with even more wobbly bits and never having any privacy. But everyone's story is unique. Everyone's experience is personal. On this podcast, I will be sharing real stories told by mums like you and I about their experience of motherhood and how life changes when you become a mum. This podcast is about showing you that you're not alone. We may not be in the same boat, but we are experiencing a similar storm. I hope these stories will inspire you to do what you want and be who you want to be. Anything is possible if you really want it and if it is really important to you. If you want to find out more about me and who I am, check out my website, mummyandabreak.co.uk. However, for now, sit back, relax and enjoy this podcast episode. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. During this podcast series, I will be interviewing six awesome women who will be sharing with us their mum stories. My guest today is Terry Winship, who is a one-woman mission to save the world from boring presentations. In this day and age, death by PowerPoint is just no longer acceptable. But she's also a mum who decided to make life the adventure it should be. And she went travelling. Thanks for joining me today, Terry. Pleasure. I'm so excited to be here. So before we dive in and talk about your adventure as a mum travelling, tell us a bit about who you are and your mum journey. Absolutely. So um, I started my working career as a programmer, um, working for corporate, and I worked my way up from junior programmer to IT manager. But my entire life, whenever people would ask me, when are you going to have a child? I always said when I'm 40, probably for 15 years, it was my stock answer. It was almost, I think, a way of just saying to people, leave me alone, I'm building a career. And then when I was 39, it kind of started like ringing in my bell, in my head, this, this story I'd been saying. And I went to see my gynae and she said, oh, the chances of you falling pregnant are very low. And I went off the whatever I was on, I can't even remember. And within two months, just like I said, at the age of 40, I fell pregnant. So there you have it. I have one daughter. I'm a single mom. She's 19 now and absolutely the the reason for me living and working and carrying on, yeah. Oh. And, oh, I just thought of something to tell you. Her name is Indigo, and I had a dream when I was pregnant about having a daughter called Indigo, and so I named her from like the second or third month Indigo, and yeah, that's how she got her strange name, I guess. I think it's a beautiful name, Indigo. Mm. So... Tell me what life was like as a, as a single mum, as an older mum. How did it feel? What was it like? So I think in my personal life, it was an absolute advantage to be an older mum. I had sown my wild oats. I had worked all over the world. I had been to concerts and 
skydiving and doing all the adventurous stuff. So I think I was more mature. I will certainly than when I was 20. At 20, I had no idea, even though I thought I knew the answer to everything. And so I think when, when, I, when I had a child at 40, I was so ready. I was so ready to change my life. Um, and I didn't ever, not once, feel like I was missing out on something. I've, I felt like this actually completed my journey and what I was doing. So, I, I mean, I'm, I'm 60 now, my daughter's 19. And um, I think also that has kept me younger because I know all her friends, I listen to all their music, not voluntarily, but just because they force it on you. And um, yeah, I think I'm, I'm a young 60, if I, if I put it like that. And that's because of my daughter. Now, I remember when we first met and we first had a conversation, you talked to me about going traveling with your daughter. How did, how did that all come about? So another thing for years and years and years, I've been saying, oh, I want to do around the world trip. It just sounded like so romantic and so impossible. And I never got to do it because I was like climbing the corporate ladder. I was accumulating stuff. And also, quite frankly, I was living my best life, you know, weekends, concerts, friends, restaurants. And just before I was turning 50, you know, I looked around and some of my friends were getting horrible cancer diseases, friends were going through horrible divorces. And I kind of woke up one day and I thought, goodness me, half a century on this earth. How, how the hell did that happen? And I thought, you know, if I don't do it now, when I'm 50, when am I ever going to do this? I'm not going to be an 80-year-old backpacking around the world. So it was kind of that, just that cold water realization, that like bucket of cold water that I've probably got less time on this earth going forward than I've had. And it was quite a wake-up call to say, you know, if you want to do something with your life, you have to do it because time just feeds past. And, you know, I remember Indigo as a baby and now she's 19 and I'm like, where do those years go? So it was kind of my motivation to say, you know, you wanted to do this, actually do it. Take a gap year when you're 50. So she was about 10 when you went traveling. Nine when we, yeah, nine when we left and 10 when we came back. So she had her 10th birthday on Penang Island in Malaysia. Um, and she was allowed to choose a place to stay and she chose the Hard Rock Hotel so we had such a cool weekend for a 10th birthday. And I actually turned 50 on the Galapagos Islands. So we both had kind of significant birthdays while we traveled. And what a way to do them, you know? Yeah. So what was your journey? Where did you go? What was the, uh, what was the map that you followed on so your we, journey? So we started off in Disney in Florida because uh, it was the nine-year-old's dream. We spent some time in America and then some time in Canada because we had friends there. Um, and then after that, after America and Canada, we headed to the unknown. So we basically spent four months in South America and we started in Ecuador doing Spanish school at, at which I was useless and Indigo picked it up. So every time people would ask us something, I'd go speak to the child. Um, and then we did Galapagos Islands for three weeks, deep Amazon. From there, we moved to Peru. Amazing, the colors, the food, the vibrancy. Um, obviously, did Machu Picchu. And then we went to the best place in the world, was Easter Island. 
which is one of the most um, the um, furthest, most isolated inhabited places in the world. It's where the, all those huge heads, the Moai, yeah, back to the sea. So we had Christmas on Easter Island, which was just fascinating. From there, we went to Chile, to Argentina, from the Igazu Falls down to the ice fields. Also amazing as a South African from the African savannas to be hiking on glaciers and stuff like that. Then we flew right across to Asia and we did um, four months in Asia, um, Malaysia, Thailand, Vietnam, and C Cambodia, our last country. And we traveled for a year and a day, 366 days, but it was life-changing. It was amazing. Oh my goodness, it sounds amazing. Now, I love my children, but as you were talking, I'm thinking, all right then, so I'm going to all of these different places that potentially speak a different language. I'm not going to know the geography of the place. How did you navigate some of the, the challenges and the uncertainty that was out there being a mum and obviously being there with your daughter? So I really took safety seriously because if you think about it, two women traveling in a country that so, so we had a lot of safety rules. The first rule was that Indigo could not be more than a meter away from me. Literally for a whole year, she was a Klingon. I, she was, had to be in touching space from me. Um, and it was quite funny when we came back, we lived in a small village and I kept on having to say to her, okay, you can go now, you don't have to stick. <laughs> but we always um, never landed at night without a place to stay. We always stayed with families who had kids. We did homestays, which really changed the trip because if you stay with a family, they look after you. Whenever we went out for the day, Indigo would have like in her handbag, in her pocket, even written on her arm in permanent ink, like the number of the family we were staying with. They always had my sister's contacts. We had rules for if we got separated that she had to stay and I would be the one looking. And the, the only time that happened was in Disney. And it was because I actually broke the rule, not Indigo. And it gave me such a panic that after that, it never happened again. And also, you know, before we go to a country, I'd, I'd just have a read up of what's the, you know, what was happening. We were going to go to Mexico and they were having one of these stupid drug wars. So we just skipped Mexico. When we were in Peru, I heard that the buses were the most um, vulnerable places for tourists. So we didn't use buses. So, um, but when you travel, it's a balance between safety and adventure. You can't be that scared. You can't do anything. And literally on that whole trip, the only time I was afraid was in um, Lima. We went paragliding off the cliffs of Lima. Um, and Indigo was so up for this. But what happened is they didn't have two that could go at the same time. So Indigo went first and I was on the ground and that was fine. But then when it was my turn, I had to leave Indigo on the ground with people she didn't know in a country she knew no one. And I spent the whole paragliding trip like bending over backwards to make sure I can see this little speck and she wasn't lost. Um, but yeah, so it's this complete balance. Um, but safety when you travel, I think the more you prepare, the less issues you have. Um, and we had no incidences. We were absolutely, completely safe. Um, and I also think traveling as a woman and a child, you're not threatening to anyone. So people really welcome you. 
we were welcome and and south america and asia they love kids we were welcomed in everywhere and people were just so amazing and warm and loving so yeah it turned out to be an amazing and safe trip and i think a lot of what you said there is not necessarily just um specific to going traveling but it's good advice for life so to be prepared to go into things with your eyes open to have that balance between being not risk averse but just knowing what's going on around you and being self-aware for sure i mean south africa is a pretty violent country and that's one of our things and i say to indigo often i think she gets bored with me i go safety first you want to go to this beach with your friends to surf make sure there's other people on the beach make sure you have plans in place. Um, so, so you've got to be a bit street smart. And in any city in the world, not just South Africa, you have to actually, yeah. Safety must be one of your considerations in whatever you're doing. Now, yeah. I know you said every, there was nothing really went wrong whilst you were traveling, but was there anything that was really challenging to you that you needed to deal with whilst you were traveling? Oh, yes. The most challenging thing was where to eat for lunch that day. <laughs> Love it. so what we had decided to do was to do no schooling at all that year um and effectively we swapped the classroom for the world because you know indigo could learn about volcanoes or we went to see an active volcano we walked through volcanic tunnels um, and i can tell you we went to every single natural natural history museum art museum cultural museum and I think she learned more in that year than she would have done in five years of, of schooling. And when we were in um, New York, actually, we went to the Natural History Museum. And that day, they had an activity where you could dissect a cow's eye. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm sitting with my back to this. But she did it. She loved it. We went back the next day so she could do it again. And then she decided she wanted to be a nurse because she loved all this stuff. So now next year she's studying nursing. So weird how those things turn out. But really her, her education that year was unbelievable because she experienced things as opposed to reading things. Um, and yeah. I think that when we experience things, we remember things a lot more because we associate the feeling the environment, sounds, what we see in colour. So uh, uh, that's ama an amazing opportunity for a young person to have and to really embrace the world and what goes on in the world and that learning. And I find actually that she is so, um, she's not afraid of the world. And because we, we stayed in, in people's homes and they were often low-income people, so we stayed in shanty towns sometimes, and then, like, when we came back to South Africa, we often volunteer for homeless shelters and food banks. And quite a lot of people have almost a fear of home, homeless people, just because they're different. And, and so, so I'm very good at organizing. So when we're doing, like, the soup kitchen, I'm arranging and doing the stuff. Next minute I look, Indigo is sitting on the pavement, talking to them all, because she's that barrier of fear between people and different people from us was broken for her. So um, she... She won't go anywhere, do anything, talk to anyone because she just learned that the world is a safe place, actually, um, which is very different from some people's experiences, I think. But yeah, so open-minded, I would say she is. 
So what was the best thing about traveling? Well, I want to say East Island, because for me, it was just fascinating. But I think the best thing was how close Indigo and I grew, that we formed, because we were in each other's company 24 7, 366. There was never a time we weren't apart. And we grew so close. And even to today, people often say to me, oh, your relationship with your daughter is amazing. And at the beginning of lockdown, when we all like had that hard lockdown, and I said to Indigo, it feels like we're traveling again. It's you and I against the world, you, you know. So I think the best thing for me is we formed a really deep bond. Um, and we learned to, to coexist, which we still do. I mean, she, she lives with me and we very often fight or have little snappy fits or anything. And so, so that year just made us really close. Um, and, and, and it's lasted. I mean, she's 19 and we're still close. So, yeah, that was the best thing was the, because, you know, you're out of your own element. You don't have any anyone, friends in common. So you two have got to make the experience, you know, mm. you did. And I also think when you do experiences as opposed to buying things, it actually makes you much stronger. So our philosophy when we traveled was not to buy things. A, because you can't schlep them around the world for a whole year. Most of them are made in China, not the country you're in. So we spent our money on experiences. We did everything. We, every country or city or town we went to, we did a cooking course. We did ballroom dancing courses, jewelry making courses. We biked the bridge. We cycled. We rode. So also we didn't go out at night very often. Because I'm hardly going to go to a pub with a nine-year-old. So we would pack our days with activities. And then at night, I'd start planning the next day or the next country or, or, the, or the next things. And I think those experiences bonded us very strongly as well. So we've talked a lot about you as a mum, but what about Terry as an individual? Because I think, you know, when we become mums, it's easy to just wear our mum role and think, well we're mum that's what we do that's who we are but we are an individual first so what have you done to protect your individualism wow that's an interesting question um and i i think initially in in the early years of being a mom you are very very tied up as being a mom i was working at corporate and, and then when Indigo was born, my plan was to be one of those career women who were back after six weeks. And in truth, I never, ever went back to corporate. I then became a contract worker for the same corporate distance worker. And I, I think um, that I those years of the early years of being a mom, I absolutely relished. And now, once again, I, I think as she's starting to become older and making her own life, that kind of world is opening up for me again. And I kind of get so excited. I think, you know, I should have four years at nursing school and then I can do anything I, I want. So, um, but in the interim, I have reinvented myself and, and really done. You know, Indigo came to concerts from about six weeks old because I love live music. Um, she, she came wherever I came. And people, in fact, always knew I wasn't the kind of mom who left their child at home, whatever. If you invited me, you knew we came as a, a unit. So um, I, I don't, it certainly didn't inhibit my life at all. 
Um, and I, I, even though I say we were a unit, I still felt like I was independent and doing, doing my own thing. Um, I mean, she didn't have a babysitter to look after until she was about 12 years old. So that means the first 12 years, we were 24 seven uh, again as well, you know, um, but that was do you think that is because you had her later in life? So you'd um, you'd done all the major things that you wanted to do as an individual and you'd experienced life, which meant that actually you knew who you were as an individual and indigo was like the cherry on the cake. 100%. I, I really believe that was how my experience panned out because I had packed a lot into my 20, 20s, 30s and... Um, and I, I, yeah, like I said, I never missed anything. And I chose that role to be um, work from home mom. Um, absolutely indulge in everything she was doing. Um, yeah. So now that you, she's nineteen. You're, she's an adult. What are the three things? If you look back on those nineteen years, what are the three things that you wish you knew before you became a mom? So I think the first thing I wish I knew was how fast it goes and that it's those tiny little moments that, that you know, you always think you'll remember, but actually you don't. Mm. You know, and I wish I'd written down her first words or her first, um, well, I wish I'd videoed her more. I took loads of photographs, but I wish I'd videoed her so that I can kind of see that kind of stuff now. Um, and so, so, yeah, I think the first thing is, is really, I wish I had done more recording of what was happening. Because when I, I think back, I can't actually even remember sometimes, you know, and that's horrible because such a big part of my life. Yeah, I, I wish I understood how fast time was, time went. Um, and yeah, I, 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 I knew it would be an impact in my life, but I didn't realize it would be such a positive, amazing, strong impact. Um, yeah, so th there's nothing really like negative things that I wish I'd, I'd learned. Um, it was all kind of good things, you know. And I think that's great because I think, I mean, the number of times I stop and just reflect on where my children are and, you know, my daughter now is nine, my son is soon to be seven. And mm -hmm. I do look through my phone and look at photographs and videos and think, I mean, how did that happen? How that feels like yesterday. So I think you're you're right about time speeding up or feeling like it's speeding up. And we just need to like take a, a virtual photograph at certain moments in a way to pause time so that yeah. we can really immerse ourselves in those wonderful moments. 100%, because I think a lot of your pleasure on looking back is those beautiful memories. And if you can't remember, then you've got to have some way of like jogging your memory and going, you know, oh yeah, that was an amazing day, you know. So it is coming close to the end of our episode and wrapping things up. But I have two questions for you before, okay. before we end things. The first one is, what's the best piece of advice anyone has given you about being a mum? So I think this advice is what I give everyone, not the other way around. I always tell people not to panic that phase will move on. They will not be in the terrible twos 
forever. They will not be in the sulky 13s forever. That things change. So don't like go into like big panic mode because your child is behaving badly or, or doing something. In a month's time, it's gone and there's a new behavior. So I always say to my friends, this too shall pass. <sighs> That is a wonderful quote. I love that quote. It just puts things into perspective. And then finally, people will have listened to your story and be thinking, oh my word, a year traveling and seeing things and ex properly experiencing life and immersing yourself in what's going on. And they'll be thinking, I need to get in touch with Terry and, and find out exactly how she did it and where she went. Make it easy with people, Terry. How can others connect with you? I think the easiest place is Facebook and LinkedIn, and they're both Terry Winship. Um, and in fact, that's how I got into public speaking, was speaking about my, my journey. And I'm always available, because I, I, I call it milking guinea pigs and other stories, lessons from the around the world trip. So yeah, if people just Google Terry Winship, they'll find me on LinkedIn, plus on Facebook. It's possibly the easiest. We'll put some links in the show notes as well, so it's easy for everyone just to click and find you. I'd like to say thank you very much, Terry, for joining me today and sharing your mum's story of your adventures. And thank you, everybody, for listening. I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast episode. And if you did, then of course, please share it with other mums. I have lots more resources for you that will help you on your journey through life. Just visit my website to access them, which is mummyonabreak.co.uk. You can also find out details about my book, Busy. Take care and see you the next time. <laughs>